Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Stan. I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. That's Hi, how Stan. we always introduce it. Hi. Hi, Kay. Yeah, a bit of an unconventional opening. I realize yes. that. Don't worry, it's not an identity crisis. It's just since we had elections for the mayor of Librorium yes. last week... I- do do our readers at home need an introduction for the? Do we need to like catch them up on what's been I happening? S- I assume they know about the election, or I don't care. So there were some problems with the ballots. I yes. thought that I was going to be the only candidate, mm-hmm. and uh, I misspelled my name in the submission. And then there was three votes that came in for Stan, which is the sort of collective name of the the adorable like raccoon rapscallions. Right. I did some thinking. Uh-huh. And I, I figured like the quickest way to get into office would be to change my name to match. The winning ballots, so... I'm pretty sure that's not legal. But th- that's that's the great thing. I can make it legal once I'm mayor. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure mayors don't have that kind of political power. They will do once I write the... Like, here, here's the thing. I've built a new book village out yes. of books and bits of library inside your, inside your library. Like, there are really no limits to what can be done here. I mean, the library does position. have rules. But they sort of cascade down into Librorium. I would suppose so. I mean, Librorium is within the uh, library, so it would be subject to the library's rules. Oh, shit. Okay, so let let me think. So, uh, no talking. That's going to be difficult. No disturbing people, I believe. I think the mayoral debates are going to be tricky when nobody can loudly. To be honest, like you didn't sound like you were going to be up for much debate. I didn't plan on it, no. Considering your style of proposed dictatorship, uh, if you want to say, I wasn't going to go there, but if you're going to say so yourself, then yes. Uh, I mean, what is is the dictator except somebody who tells it like it is? Like dictation, that's the the root of the word. Well, we're all about dictation in the library. So then I figured, like, there's three votes for Stan, and obviously those are Tristan, Stan, Stan, and Stan, the three raccoons who are allies and sometimes uh, Nappers. Employees. Oh, that's a nice way to put yes. it. And I figured that, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Right. So I'm now petitioning. I'm still waiting back to hear from them if they'll accept me into their little raccoon family. As Stan. As another Stan. And they'll, okay. I, I guess, will be like Tetristan or, or Quad Stan. Quad, quad stan. Mm. Doesn't have the same ring as Tristan. No, no, it doesn't. That's where I am now. In parallel, you were going to do a, a bit of a democratic review of the election process and, right. uh, and the votes cast. So I'm very curious what your sort of results have been so far. I mean, as far as I can tell, all ballots that were cast were done so legally. Yes, yeah. and well, there was definitely one spoiled ballot in there, uh, obviously yeah. discounted, and like so I obviously my own Stan. Name, didn't I? So the problem with Stan is they were all voted for Stan, but like we can't distinguish which Stan. Yes. And should you legally change your name to Stan? Already have. Well, you've started the process, presumably. No, I mean, as far as I know, in the library, your name tag is your is your name. So I've just yeah. crossed out Kaki and, and written down Stan. Like, I don't, I'm not aware of any other steps. Okay. So you, 100% did, complete. Did you also do that on your official badge? No, I didn't. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm very careful with that. No, thing. okay. I was just checking to make sure that you know, I would have advised you not to go into the grimoire cage if you did that. I'm never going in there anyway. I'm just saying. But yeah, it's impossible to distinguish which Stan we're talking about. And like adding a fourth Stan doesn't resolve that problem. No. No, but it does allow me to benefit from that problem, is is kind of my approach to this, right. this situation. Unless you're saying that you would much rather have three raccoons in a trench coat as a mayor of the book city that I've been building inside your library. I mean, okay. rather. Well, I'm not. I'm just saying it probably wouldn't be worse. Hey, I thought, yes. I thought you'd be enthusiastic about having me as your ally in this in this new nation state. But okay, well, well, I mean, am I subject to the nation state? Well, it depends if you're in it. Okay. Right? I mean... 
position is nine tenths of the law. Right. Uh, and so is position, but that's more when you're like in different. That's the little joke that I was making. Oh, I didn't yeah. Get it. Which which position you're which, oh, position, position and possession? Oh, right. Yes. It's fun jokes with khaki. Yes. No, Stan. Fun jokes <laughs> with Stan now. Yes. All right. Well, well, I'll give it some thought. I think we're going to have to see about the legalities of this. I I understand the importance, and I do agree, because Librorium was founded with a strong legal foundation, uh, literally in the sense that I took all of the law books and I used them as the literal foundation foundation for the. We are literally standing on the law, so that's going to make hmm, that's going to make reviewing past texts. Difficult, right? But, but you know, to. I'm sure that you can figure that out. What uh, do we have in store for our readers today? This week's book is by Dwight V. Swain. Stay out of space. I love that title. It is a gorgeous title. Exclamation the, mark as oh, well. I'm oh, a there huge is, fan does, yes. of exclamation marks. The doorway to space could be the doorway to Earth's doom, I believe. And if you look down at your podcasting device, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book. And if not, you can check out the show notes for an image and a link. You can find us on Twitter, at CoverMyAssCast, and on CoverMyAssCast.com, you can find episode 83, Stay Out of Space by Dwight V. Swain. And there's a lot going on yes, in this cover, which I'm always so happy with. Apparently, half of a two complete novels, which I actually looked into, and this is like one of those books which are basically two books for the price of one. You, can, you buy them at the same time, so it's not... Oh, it's like one of those flip-over... Yeah, that's the one. You know, that's kind of brilliant, because then while you're reading a book, which is really only like, let's say it's a 150-page it's book, but you're holding like 300 pages worth of mm-hmm. books, so while you're reading, it actually feels like you're, you're getting a lot of value for money, and then it just sort of ends halfway, and you have to yeah. flip it over and read the, read the other book. But yes, we have a, a beautiful space scene where we see our hero, well, tied to an asteroid, basically. Yes, it's that golden age of science fiction, so it's, a, it's an asteroid feature. Our bare-chested hero is, which is uh, kind of weird because, like, really he's, weird. Got a, he's got a space helmet on the, yes, the, the bubble t- of the bubble type, and other than that, his suit is torn up. And I mean, you probably wouldn't live very long that like that, even with your fishbowl hel- uh, space helmet on. I sort of imagine that it's supposed to be allegorical; that it's supposed yeah, to be oh, like a sense, lot of symbolism. Because yes. uh, also chained to this same asteroid, which is about the size of like a Fiat Punto. Oh, like it's not a very is, big. Is, asteroid. is that a new measurement? That's uh, the. American well, how would you, how would you describe it otherwise? I mean, I would say boulder-sized. A small boulder the size of a large boulder. Well. <laughs> <laughs> there's, an, there's a skeleton chained there up is, to it there as is, well. There is, there is, very much so. Like, oh, but by the same type of manacles that the man on the front is. And there's some beautiful old-style rocket ships flying past at high speed. Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the 50s future. I mean, are they far away or are they just really small? Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> lo- he's clearly looking at them. And he he can't turn his head that far back, you know. If like no, if, if that the, if the, the chip at helmet. the top was like really far behind the asteroid, then he would not be able to see it. But he's clearly looking at it, so it must be a very small ship flying in front of the asteroid. I hadn't considered oh, okay. that. Okay, well, we'll stick with the the allegorical <laughs> nature idea. of the myth. Yeah, uh, because he's wearing. Uh, uh, I mean, he's he's bare chested. He's, yes. he's wearing some strips of what must have been quite a a, mm. a lovely like magenta or it's crimson robe. Probably the the remains of his prison suit. But we'll get to that part of the story uh, later. Yeah, and kick-ass boots. I, I really like like oh, high boots for yes. a space swashbuckling adventure. Well, they are, yeah, of the painted-on variety by the looks of it. So, yeah, this is Commander Eugene Parsec. Yes. The hero of Stay Out of Space by Dwight V. Swain. And we see him a bit, uh, a bit further in the future because we start off in our beloved solar system mm-hmm. where we see humanity has taken flight but their the space program is somewhat stunted and very very restricted to just the solar system so they're just well colonizing yes. their own planets over 
and over again. I'm moving around, it's uh, flying back to the belt and stuff to haul materials and get helium-3 from Jupiter and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, and I thought it was quite cool how we're sort of treated to an initial like bit of almost a history lesson mm-hmm. as we see the history of like the first intersolar spacecraft titled The Wedge, which is just a cool name for, yes. uh, for a spacecraft. I mean, I guess it was a bit wedge-shaped. or I, I imagine so. I mean, certainly its successor, nowadays flown by Commander Parsec, named after I mean, it's the, the fourth in the series with the name is the Wedge D. You yes. know, like had, you, you Enterprise A and Enterprise yes. yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very cool. So uh, continuing that. And he's off to the the edge of the solar system uh-huh. to uh, I mean to perform what seems initially like a like a like a cool ritual, but we gradually learn is, is far more sinister. Oh yes. Um, I mean, at first you think it's a cargo hole or something, but he's yeah. flying out towards the Kuiper belt and bringing well, basically a tithe, I suppose is the best way to put it call it. Yep, tons of tons of food stuff, minerals, technology. Bring that out to the edge where he's met by. Turns out, aliens. Yeah, aliens in 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 space. Like there is a vast intergalactic community, and I, I was sitting here wondering as I was reading it, why isn't Earth part of that? Why is Earth still so so backwards? And I thought initially maybe it's because they don't have you know uh, FTL drives. Yes. But they clearly do. He's zipping about the the, the whole solar system, picking yes. up the different tides. He has to arrive there, and he has to almost as a supplicant. Yeah, bring out these goods and hand them over to the aliens, which are again described this time as like let's see who it's this time basically. yes because it could be it could be any one of a number of regional alien empires mm-hmm. that they have uh, relationships with shall we say euphemistically uh, yes. uh, such as the the biff alliance <laughs> the butch imperium the brock confederacy the Brittany confederation which is not the same as confederacy i've just yeah. realized and the the Buzz Coalition. What's the difference between a confederacy and a... And, and a confederation? Confederation. The uh, verb tense. Oh, okay. That is, I mean, you know, I, I could say spelling, but that doesn't, doesn't really cover it. Yes. What they are basically doing is they're shaking down Earth, the Earth's yes. solar system. The, it turns out, like, the, the, the entire universe is one gigantic, like, uh, sequential protection racket. Like, it's, it bullies all the way down. In fact, this book uh, takes place in what is known as the bullyverse. Oh, it's yeah. sort of a variant of the multiverse. But in the, in this case, everybody just picks on everybody else who's smaller, who's like being a part of the galactic community for a shorter period of time. Yeah. And you, basically they're trying to, it, it is a pecking order. Rather than having an uplifting galactic society. There's uh, a downputting. It's more of that, yeah. It's, <laughs> yes, like it's not the David Prynne uplift universe, it's a V. Swain downput universe. universe. Yes. <laughs> Where uh, as soon as you uh, discover another alien race and you find out that you have a technological or a militaristic advantage over them, you just basically start shaking them down and like have them harvest their solar system's resources for you. Harvest and farm. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's why the the wedge D is so overloaded with uh, treasures, because they never know which of the various aliens are going to show up and make their demands. Because the the Biff Alliance they they always demand their turf tax yeah. versus the uh, uh, the Butch Imperium. They come basically for lunch money, so they want they want food supplies. Pay up, pencil neck, and uh, yeah, otherwise I'll, I'll stuff you in a, in a in a locker. The Brock Confederacy demands that their homework be done, like they've sort of yeah. stopped doing science and they give science projects to. Uh, oh, that's the one. We told you to solve this quantum continuity problem, and you better have it solved by the next time we come back, or else we're going to, like, stuff Jupiter up your ass. 
Oh, God. Oh, what a horrible... Yes, the, that's the Brock Confederacy. The Brittany Confederation is not very different. I mean, they don't care whether the, the work is done as long as they get the answers oh, to, to yeah, universe's yeah. questions. And I mean, the buzz is the trickiest because yeah. they, 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 they go shoplifting and they sort of demand that, that smaller species come along as patsies. Oh, that's what they have to distract like, the... Uh, keep, yeah. keep an eye out and make sure that the police don't show up and try to make them uh, take the blame if they do get caught. Yeah. Dangerous one, that one. Well, and that's that's what happens in this case. Like he's he's the wedge D is is laden with uh, with the minerals for the turf tax and the, and the and the food for the for the lunch money. But it's the shoplifting that they want. They demand that Commander Parsec yes. join them as they as they perform a, a perform a raid, uh, running interference with the with the wedge D, and unfortunately getting caught. Yes, it's unfortunate, very much so. They're trying to like actually go to the butch guys and yeah yeah get get some of the lunch money, which was originally stole well demanded from earth extracted even and try to steal yep. that back and so it's it's a bit of a double jeopardy which uh, the commander finds himself in first he had to like hand over the lunch money to the butch imperium yeah uh, and then he gets framed by the by, by the buzz coalition for stealing back the same food yes. that he had to give them in the first place uh, this this bully verse just fucking sucks it i is, just it, hated it it is really bad for, i mean earth is really in a bad place here can you imagine living in a world like that no i don't think i can I well mean, not on that scale but like actually on a, on a, on, a, on a smaller scale like the oh. idea of just just living with assholes extracting uh, oh, favors and benefits from yeah, each other yeah sounds like sounds like a horrible place really but you know that's like i mean i guess an author has to take a certain concept for his universe and with it and make an interesting place to write stories in. That is a very good point. I would like stories which are just happy and where basically nothing happens because everybody's happy and there's plenty of money and plenty right, of food yeah. and plenty of sex and nobody and nothing ever happens. So you need misery and a hardship for your heroes to overcome. No, I think that's a that's a that's a very good point. Like that brings out their 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 qualities and that yeah they need to be challenged in order to rise to the occasion. Yes. Uh, and certainly that's the case for for Commander Parsec, who finds himself uh, uh, hauled off to the uh, uh, penal colony of Panopticon 4. Yes, which I thought was a really cute uh, touch. Yeah, like a Panopticon is usually like that's the, that's the all-seeing eye, isn't it? Well, yes, but it's also the name of a type of prisons which are basically generally built in a circle with the guard shack in the middle and all the cells in the, in, in the ring around it, which is very, very aptly chosen here because oh, wow, the, yeah. uh, this place, uh, Panopticon uh, 4, is a hollowed-out asteroid which has a, a center core of a, a hub, so to speak, where the guard shack is and all the prisoners are basically living on the inside surface so i was curious is there a is there historic antecedents to this kind of a kind of structure with a guard shack in the middle and lots of oh, cells yes. outside well the one that jumps to mind is the dome dome prisons like the couple from in Brera, I, don't, I don't know those oh best yeah it was a very popular prison concept at some point basically you build a big round building yeah with the central courtyard and in the middle, you put a little tower, which has the guards in, mm-hmm. and all around the uh, and the building around it also ha- all has the cells on different levels. So, isn't this dangerous in case there is like a a, a prison break or a, or a riot or whatever? Because then the the guards are completely isolated and unable to escape. Um, maybe they have a tunnel. Tunnel um, makes okay. sen- makes sense that you have like an exit through throughout the bottom that you can come out through. And and how and how does that work in an asteroid where you're well okay. a sphere floating inside the yeah? I, I mean, I assume they have some sort of 
transportation system or maybe it's oh, yeah, like that's it's not, right. it's no, not just floating that. around or just like there's a sp- <laughs> it's more of probably more like a spire in the middle also the problem in that is like in, a, in an asteroid of this even in one of this size the gravity on the surface is generated by spinning it and of course the guard shack on in the, the interior mid- surface you mean? yes on the yeah, interior okay, surface. Yeah. and of course the guard shack in the middle would be well floating in zero g which i mean i guess works for a shift or two like you just like float around a bit and the, yeah. adv- the, 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 the biggest advantage is you can keep an eye on all the prisoners the prisoners can't really see each other because the closest uh, yeah. prisoner that you can see is like right across the courtyard and of course like if you need to if there's an outbreak from the guard shack you can shoot everybody yeah there's no corners there's no places where anybody can hide on the ground floor you have the courtyard on one side and you've got the uh, the food court on the other and basically that, that all happens more or less in the open and you can just like guard it from the tower yeah, it's kind of kind of brilliant. Like it should it should successfully prevent interprisoner communication, which is the thing that you want to you want to prevent in order to keep something secure. Well, to a certain degree. I mean, that's m- maximum security prisons, but this is more like a uh, prison where there's there's quite a bit of gen pop where people mill about. Yeah, which is where Commander Eugene Parsec um, finds I mean, himself. Yeah. Yes. He basically gets uh, shunted into prison, he gets processed, and there's a whole uh, hullabaloo about how that uh, the various guards of the various different confederacies and species. But eventually he gets um, thrown into his cell with his, turns out to be his new cellmate, a man by the name of Iago, who is in for budgie smuggling. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought he was also very, very well described. A lot of, a lot of muscular, like shirtless men in this. There in was this like it might have been a slightly homoerotic tinge to the whole Gosh, story. Gosh, a little bit. Yes, like he's, he's uh, strutting about like a scarlet pimpernel, and I love that he's still got his fishbowl helmet on. I don't know exactly how he's like eating the 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 prison gruel, but we'll get to that part of the story in a minute. Okay, yeah, I was excited. To we're, not, get we're, there. we're not quite there yet. No, his uh, cellmate uh, Iago, the budgie smuggler, and uh, another friend. Uh, well, friend. Turns out to be a fairly uh, a pleasant fellow in the, the cell next door, a man by the name of Hobo Baggins, who was in for vagrancy. <laughs> yes, he would be, wouldn't he? Yes. and uh, uh, I believe he's actually originally from the Brock Confederacy. He's just It sounds like the kind of thing that he would be... Uh, yeah, he was in charge of a solar system that didn't do its homework. And then, yeah, got, yeah. Uh, got thrown in. A, a lady by the name of Antifa, who was a political prisoner... Uh, yeah, she was. She was pretty fierce. She was, and I mean, I mean, that's like the thing. It's like uh, it seems to be a mixed gender prison because I mean, aliens. So you know, it's like yeah. everybody has different genitals. So it doesn't really matter if you mix them together or not. It's uh, yeah, you, you like you have no way. Like there, there are some species that can reproduce through parthenogenesis. So you just like don't even worry about it. Just throw them in. It doesn't matter. At this point, it turns into a bit of a prison story where it goes on about how life goes in prison. So I thought it held up a very interesting mirror to, to the universe at large, because in in most depictions in popular culture of, of prison, like, it's much more of a bullyverse, right? Yes. There are the strong preying upon the on, upon the weak. And I found it so surprising that in this, uh, in this prison, like, reason and respect and, 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 and commitment uh, held much more sway. Well, at least among the prisoners. And our hero gets to meet members of well some yeah. of the civilizations that are preying upon upon earth and 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 learning that this this system of antagonism like it spans the whole universe because yeah. our universe is not just the the only uh, uh, universe there is like the bullyverse is is very much a multiverse oh like, it's very vast yes and it turns out a lot of the civilizations who are preying on earth are themselves being preyed upon by others as well and sometimes extra galactic or extra extra dimensional mm. uh, civilizations such yes. as the uh, uh, parallacusa 
Uh, <laughs> I thought that yes. was a, a they were even, yeah. They, you have to worry about. It. You can usually identify them quite easily. If you see like any aliens with surreptitiously missing fingers, then you yes, know, you've got a good chance that they're an agent for the Paralakusa and the Alternafia. Like just these these alternate histories like seeping into 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 our world, like from other dimensions that we can barely understand, but each also demanding their tithe yes. from whoever happens to be the big dog in a particular universe. And it turns out that some of these don't really want our uh, good captain to find out how things really are. They try to want to keep them in the dark. And it's not long before there's an assassination attempt on his life. Yes. He's in, uh, he's basically, he's in the showers. And uh, I mean, they've got some interesting showers here. When he's like jumped and cornered by a, a particular alien who's a, a bit of a buzzy type and uh, tries to grab him in the neck and... Uh, Suck his uh, suck his blood out or kill him like that. Well, man turns out by the name of Mosquito. <laughs> yeah, shoved him up against the wall, jabbed his proboscis into into his lower and sta- back, and, and just started, started slurping. Suck, suck it out of him. Yes, fortunately Iago uh, jumped in to uh, make sure that uh, that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, he swatted the attacker. He basically grabbed him by the proboscis and bent it in half like a garden hose. Uh, st- oh yeah, that uh, swat tactics. That's, That's where it should have gone. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe one of the electric zappers like uh, tasers him with a homemade prison taser made out of a nine volt battery and a coil, which is like me- being meticulously wound to uh, <laughs> yeah. get some high power yeah, zapping. Because they're him. very, very ingenious by actually pooling their resources and sharing knowledge amongst themselves, which normally uh, species would uh, would never do. They're actually able to very rapidly achieve technological supremacy even over their own guards. Yeah. What I thought was really cool about the Panopticon is how, as as sort of a form of irony, every prisoner is imprisoned in the remains of their own ship. So it's sawed open yeah. and welded to the inside of the asteroid. Yes. So the, the, the Wedge D, which is uh, uh, which is Parsec's ship, like the front was cut off, so you can uh, look in from, from, front the, fell off. from the top. Yeah, the, yeah. Front, the front fell off once they, <laughs> once they got their hands on it. Yeah, as a sort of mockery, his own ship was turned into a prison, and that goes for all these other prisoners as well. Mm-hmm. But by pooling their resources and putting their heads together, they realize that they can actually like get at least one of these ships to uh, to a working condition. Yes, that's, that, that's what they're slowly working on. Passing coils through their underpants and uh, shifting them around. Resources, yes. yeah. However, first we get to the scene which we see on the cover of the book, mm. which is, of course, during the altercation in the shower room, the captain gets uh, basically punished for uh, starting a fight, which is ridiculous because he didn't start it. But, you know, things go like that. And he gets put on the hotbox punishment asteroid. Oh, no. They put him on the rock and they kick him out and then, like, they swing around the solar system a few times. Like, Have fun absorbing all that neutron radiation. Exactly. Like, one moment you're freezing cold, one time moment you're blistering hot, and it's like the Panopticon's version of uh, solitary. They uh, put you on a y- tiny little asteroid and throw <laughs> you around the solar system for a few turns. Yeah, kind of shade of keel hauling there as well. Kind of, right? yes. I guess it's quite quite sure how you're supposed to stay alive during that period of time. Assuming but he that does, you- and he, he comes back with an X-ray sunburn and renewed determination. Yes. <laughs> uh, he continues upgrading his uh, his ship with the help of Yago the budgie smuggler and, yeah. uh, and, and Hobo Baggins. Now, of course, Yago's smuggling capabilities come in very very, very handy. Well, uh, he is very apt at like using <laughs> various particles of clothing to smuggle the various parts that need to be moved from one ship to the other. Gets back into the general population where he gets thrown in, where it turns out that basically he's not off the hook yet. I mean, he's had his official punishment, but uh, the warden of uh, Panopticon, a man by the name of C. Cox, C stands for chubby, by the way. It turns out later in the story. Okay, uh, yeah. I thought it was uh, like the comedy delivery in this book is so great. Yeah, that, like the fantastic timing. He's uh, he's running an underground fighting ring with the prisoners. Oh, yeah. It's always something, isn't it? Where they are pitted against each other. 
basically he's hauled out of his cell at one point at the, in the middle of the night by the guards and brought to a very strange sighting. It's like it's a smaller part of the asteroid outside the the regular area where there's like a bunch of rich people from the various alliances, the, the Biff Alliance and the Butcher Alliance, and they're just basically having a little bit of a dinner party there. And he's running, uh, yes. wondering what's going on until the... They're the entertainment. And they're the entertainment. Yeah. He gets pitted against another prisoner by the name of Bimbo Jack. It was like uh, I think it, like, it refers to the original. The, the original bimbo. meaning of the bimbo, bimbo was a, sort of a, a dim-witted man. There we go. Of yes. limited capacity, but oh, God bless him. Made and it, it turns a bit blood sporty. Really, it's like a Thunderdome-ish like fight uh, with yeah. various weapons which are strewn around the ring, and it's a fight to the death. Which he gets wounded. I mean, we won't go into the details of the fight. That's a bit like it, it's good and gruesome. Like there's, there's, there's bone cracking and, and, and yeah. skull smacking and, and, and butt smacking chainsaw writhing. Sing and oh yes, it, it gets a little bit saucy at some point. It seems almost. But isn't but, uh, that the case with just with with wrestling in in general? I mean, I'm I'm friends with a with a with a person who's like their main form of entertainment, which I can never quite figure out whether it's all ages or whether it's pornographic, is like wrestlers. Pantsing and 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 bum smacking, which, which seems oh. to be a. Well, are we talking about show wrestling or actual? I, I think so. I, like Olympic I don't really wrestling. know the difference. No, I think it's it's show ref- show wrestling where they've got the, right. the sort of sequined underpants that sort of get oh yeah, yeah. Of get that's taken totally, off that's them. T- that that is just totally like you know fantasy storylines, testosterone soap operas. Exactly. Yes. With muscular bare bums, which I mean, you know, I such suppose. a sort of thing. Yeah. It certainly seemed to be the case for Mr. Swain. He gets uh, thrown into the fight, and Mr. Cox, and he basically is running a, a little fight club for rich people, I suppose, where they don't have to do the fighting. They can just like dinner and a show, a little bit of blood sports, betting, nothing under a million dollars, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, high stakes, kind of like that, setting off a bit of a a, a problem with the warden. Yeah, but surviving he punishment. And he knows that the next way round he will be put up against a man by the name of Robin Banks. You can guess what he. He was in prison for him. Yeah. Although and he seems to be the undefeated champion, so he knows that he's got a weak time to get out. Otherwise, he's dead, because he's not going to survive that fight. He's like... Mm. No. But fortunately, in the meantime, he's made some friends who, mm-hmm. who also realize what's, uh, what's going on. Friends from, amazingly, like the, the adversarial civilizations that prey upon, upon Earth, such as Yago. Like, his, his budgie smuggling talent comes in hugely handy when a lot of these improvised weapons are, are, are destroyed or, or, or ruined, and he's sort of casually like seizes them and, and disposes of them and makes sure that they... He gets a uh, few of the important parts and like smuggles them in his uh, swimsuit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that Commander Parsec is able to ca- take that back to the Wedge D, which I thought it was so cool how as a, as a form of like mockery and extra punishment, every every prisoner's cell is made out of the destroyed husk of their spaceship. Starship, yes, it's sewn to bits, the engines yeah, get taken the, the, off and... And so in the, in, the, in the husk of the Wedge D, which is his cell, uh, he gets all these components from from Yago and from Hobo Baggins and from uh, like Antifa, she is a yeah. a prolific defeater. It turns of out not, not everybody keeps the engines in the back part of their ship. So some ships, some, yeah. some of the ships still have the important parts. And with a little bit of technological cobbling together, it seems to be possible that we get at least one working ship. And not just a working ship by the by the standards of, of interstellar space travel, as each of these species have, but by actually 
working together and combining their knowledge and their technological advancements, mm. they're able to create a, a, a ship capable of things that, that no one had ever imagined before. And, and thus, this craft, the Wedge D, is, is rechristened on the, on the eve yes. uh, of, of their escape as, uh, as Yago and Hobo and Antifa board the ship uh, the day before the great fight with Robin Banks, and they fly away in the Wedge E yeah. uh, to... <laughs> I was wondering where that was going <laughs> to. They give a giant sort of space wedgie to uh, to the warden, yes. uh, to all these other civilizations, because with this new FTL engine uh, that they've had to cobble together, it's capable of something that no one had imagined before. So while the the warning on the uh, after which this book is titled mm-hmm. uh, uh, "Stay Out, out of, of Space,", space. Uh, which is how you know the bully uh, uh, species, yeah, it's basically don't don't leave your own solar system. It doesn't say anything about staying out of time. Ah, and with this new FTL engine with which they can travel not just through through space and other universes, but also through time, which they dub the Taxi Baxi. Yes, they're they good name for a ship. It really is. Yeah, uh, a lot better than than than, than Wedgie. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. It's- <laughs> They're, they're able to take their revenge on the entire Bullyverse by traveling back in time to start the ultimate prank war, burying time capsules with stink bombs on enemy planets, like altering their... their yeah, whenever someone tra- starts to like dig for a new capital, they find out like it was like a septic tank or another... Yeah, uh, and by humiliating Alternafia... Well, the thing is, like, anytime there's an incursion into this universe by the uh, Alternafia, then they know that, and they can use the Wedgie to go back and prepare for their arrival and make sure that they're always ready to, uh, to face this new, yeah. these new bullies from uh, outside the universe. Thus, like, d- destroying the chain of oppression that is, the, that is the bullyverse, because anyone knows, any of these species knows, that if they prey on a, on a less advanced species, then they'll get a giant wedgie and their history will be altered. And, yeah, they mess with Earth, get the wedgie. Yes, yeah. that's the one. That's the one. That was the final line <laughs> in this book. So, I thought it was a pretty good book. It was, it was. I liked it. When it comes to, to bully stories, like, you, you sit there and you're hoping for the, the, the bullies when to get their come up and, Yeah, when is it going to come? It's like, how is it going to arrive? But there's something paradoxical about that because, like, bullying a bully is not justice. Like, you want to you want to improve as well. Mm, I suppose yes. But I mean, I guess in this case, if the bullyverse never materializes, then yeah. things have improved. Uh, so, how are we going to rate this book? Ooh, that's going to be interesting. Okay, what kind of numbers do we have? Oh, numbers are hard. I didn't. See, I mean, what are, numbers it? are hard. What's okay. well, a good prison number? One six one. One six one. Okay. Yeah, and that's from Alien 3, where the prison planet is Fiorina 161. Okay. Don't ask why I know that. Fair enough. Let's go with that. 161. Okay. So we're going to rate this book out of 161. 161. And how much? Oh, and 161. How- okay, yes. I think I'll give this book... Ooh, um, if you say 160, then I'll know, that, I'll know that there's a weird pattern going on with your brain where you give it always oh, just a, the closest to perfect. That's uh, been happening a lot no, recently. No, I was going to say I was going to say I want to give you 128 out of 169. It's a nice round number in binary. Yes, well, yes. All right. I don't know if you can find yourself in that, but that's my 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 number. 128 out of 169 for Stay Out of Space by by Dwight V. Spa- Swain. And speaking of reviews, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing some opportunity to leave a little star or leave a little review. You can get in touch with us at Twitter. 
Get in touch with us at twitter.com slash covermyarsecast. Actually, that is it. Yes. That really does work. Twitter.com slash covermyarsecast or covermyarsecast.com. You can email us at covermyarsecast at gmail.com and send us a cover if you think that you've got a good baffling book that you want us to review but not read. And speaking of which, what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is by Irma Bombeck. The grass is always greener over the septic tank. Ooh, that, that about covers it. Thank you for joining us and cover my ass when baffling books are reviews but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge book by its cover. cover. Oh, I said Kaki and not Stan. Oh. I keep forgetting that. Speaking of forgetting that, this book was suggested to us by a reader. Thank you, Chris, by the way. Oh, yes. I tweeted it on uh, Twitter and uh, <laughs> we thought it would be a, it was a great cover, so we thought we'd pick it up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, stay out of space. We never really got into why he's wearing this this sort of harem. Yeah.